Good morning, or good afternoon, and welcome back to Why Africa, part two. They called it the triangular trade. It was a trade which was especially fruitful since every stage of the journey could be profitable for merchants. The infamous triangular trade. Why did the trade begin? Expanding European empires in the New World lacked one major resource, a workforce. In most cases, the indigenous peoples had proved unreliable due to the fact that most of them were dying from diseases brought over from Europe. And Europeans were unsuited to the climate and suffered under tropical diseases. Africans, on the other hand, were excellent workers they often had the experience of agriculture and keeping cattle. They were used they were used to a tropical climate, resistant to tropical diseases, and they could be worked very hard on plantations or in mines. So much for being underdeveloped. What was enslavement? Was it new to Africa? Africans had been enslaved and traded for centuries, reaching Europe via the Islamic run, the Trans-Saharan trade routes and such. Enslaved people obtained from the Muslim-dominated North African coast, however, proved to be too well-educated to be trusted and had a tendency for rebellion. What a concept. Enslavement was also a traditional part of African society. Various states and kingdoms in Africa operated one or more of the following. Total enslavement, in which enslaved people were considered to be the property of their enslavers, debt bondage, forced labor, and serfdom. So what was the triangular trade? Just so you know, not just the divided states were deeply involved in playing the slave game to their advantage. Europe also made their dubious presence felt for their own economic and dominating reasons. All three stages of the triangular trade, named for the rough shape it makes on a map, proved lucrative for merchants. The first stage of the triangular trade involved taking manufactured goods from Europe to Africa, such as cloth, spirit, tobacco, beads, cowrie shells, metal goods, and guns. The guns were used to help expand empires and obtain more enslaved people, at least until they were finally used against European colonizers. These goods were exchanged for enslaved Africans. The second stage of the triangular trade, or what they call the Middle Passage, you've heard of it, I'm sure. It involved shipping enslaved Africans to the Americas. The third and final stage of the triangular trade involved the return to Europe with produce from plantation, plantations on which enslaved people were forced to work, such as cotton, yes, cotton, sugar, tobacco, molasses, and rum. The origin of the enslaved Africans sold in the triangular trade. Who started the triangular trade? For 200 years, from 1440 to 1640, Portugal 
had a monopoly on the export of enslaved Africans. It is notable that they were also the last European country to abolish the institution of slavery. Although, like France, it still continued to work formerly enslaved people as contract laborers, which they called libertos, it is estimated that during the four and a half centuries, four and a half centuries of the transatlantic trade of enslaved people, Portugal was responsible for transporting over 4.5 million Africans. How did the Europeans obtain enslaved people between 1450 and the end of the 19th century? Enslaved people were obtained, obtained from along the west coast of Africa with the full and active cooperation of African kings and merchants, so they say. There were occasional military campaigns organized by Europeans to capture and enslave Africans, especially by the Portuguese in what is now Angola. But this accounts for only a small percentage of the total. There were a multitude of ethnic groups involved. Senegambia includes the Wolof, the Mandinka, yes, we've heard of the Mandinka, the Serer, and Fula. Upper Gambia has the Teme, Mende, and Kisi. The Windward Coast has the Bai, Di, Basa, and Gribo. Who has the worst record for trading enslaved people? Well, during the 18th century, when the trade of enslaved people accounted for the transport of a staggering six, over six million Africans, Britain, yes, Britain, was the worst transgressor, responsible for almost 2.5 million. This is a fact often forgotten by those who regu regularly cite Britain's prime role in the abolition of the trade of enslaved people. Those conditions for enslaved people were introduced to new diseases and suffered from malnutrition long before they reached the new world. It is suggested that the majority of deaths on the voyage across the Atlantic, the Middle Passage, occurred during the first couple of weeks and were a result of malnutrition and disease encountered during the forced marches and subsequent internment at enslavement camps on the coast. The survival rate for the Middle Passage varied, but conditions on the ships used to transport enslaved people were terrible. What a shock. But the estimated death rate of around 13% is lower than the mortality rate for seamen, officers, and passengers on the same voyages. Imagine that. The arrival in the Americas was staggering. As a result of the trade of enslaved people, five times as many Africans arrived in the Americas as Europeans. Enslaved Africans were needed on plantations and for mines, and the majority were shipped to Brazil, the Caribbean, and the Spanish Empire. Less than 5% traveled to the Northern American states, formerly held by the British. Boston, that cradle of liberty and racial tolerance, is only steps from sites where enslaved Africans were bought and sold after traveling the Middle Passage from West Africa to North America. From the 16th to the 19th centuries, approximately 12 to 15 million Africans were transported across the Atlantic as human property. The most common routes formed 
what is now known as the Triangle Trade, connecting Europe, Africa, and the Americas. From 1560 to 1850, about 5 million enslaved were transported to Brazil. 5 million were sent to the Caribbean, and at least 388,000 or 4% of those who survived the Middle Passage arrived in North America. Between 1700 and 1808, the most active years of the international slave trade, around 40% of the enslaved Africans were transported in British and American ships. The Middle Passage itself lasted roughly 80 days. 80 days. We're talking over two months of being on a cramped ship, lying down. The ships were ranging from small schooners to massive purpose-built what they called slave ships. Wow, who would have thought? Humans were packed together on or below decks without space to sit up or move around, without ventilation or sufficient water. About 15% grew sick and died. In addition to the physical violations enslaved people suffered, they were ripped away from their families, homelands, social positions and languages. Still, despite vast cultural and linguistic diversity, many found new ways to understand each other. They adapted and many survived. In the new world, Africans transformed shared elements of their cultures into the creolized societies of the African diaspora. Widespread Southern and Caribbean food traditions, music and religious rituals in the new world have been traced back Yes, to African roots. Boston was part of this global story. The first slave trade voyage from the African um, from the American colonies sailed out of Massachusetts. After the American Revolution, northern states confronted the hypocrisy of fighting a war for freedom while holding thousands of men, women, and children in bondage. In 1783, Massachusetts that cradle of racial tolerance, the Supreme Court decided that slavery in 1783 was incompatible with the new state constitution. And in 1808, Britain and the United States agreed to ban the transatlantic slave trade. Slavery itself flour flourished in the divided states until the Civil War, becoming the defining issue of national political life. Slavery in the South and second-class citizenship in the North were the legacies of a history that began with the Middle Passage. In this history, African Americans were the builders and just inheritors of the nation. When it was all said and done, the mass kidnapping amounted to nearly 100, 100 million humans removed from their homeland to be locked down in what they called indentured servitude. Indentured servitude. As for some numerical and historical accuracy, beyond my research, comes from the National Library of Medicine. In essence, it states that the growth rate of, of the African population has been fluctuating throughout history affected by political, social, and economic events. 6,000 years ago, the majority of the population was based in North Africa because farming had been developed there. 
However, between the 11th and 16th centuries, there was a constant decline in the population of that region due to invasions from Europe and unfortunately the Black Plague that came from Europe. During the same period, the population in the area south of the, of the Sahara grew rapidly as people there had gone into the iron tool period and farming had been developed. From the 16th to the mid 17th century, population growth was considerable in Africa. More people had learned the technology of irrigation, corn and potatoes had been introduced from South America and colonialism was not yet an issue. From the mid 17th to the mid 19th century, there was no growth due to the slave trade and wars between tribes. One estimate sets the direct and indirect loss during this period as a result of the slave trade at over 100 million human beings. To be clear, indentured servitude as defined by those much smarter than this high school graduate from the South Bronx, those in the know define indentured servitude as a form of labor labor, in which a person agrees to work without salary for a specific number of years through a contract for eventual compensation or debt repayment. Really? Historically, it has been used to pay for apprenticeships, typically when an apprentice agreed to work for free for a master tradesman to learn a trade. Indentured servitude. What a lovely way to describe slavery. And ah, we're celebrating Independence Day as of July 4th, 1776. From the British, 245 years independent. Or is it 402 years Emancipation Day for all of the brothers and sisters since the cruise? Or is it Independence Day as of June 19th 1865, a.k.a. Juneteenth. How many years free? How and why do you celebrate? By the way, Wakanda, fiction or nonfiction? You do the math. They could, even back then. And thanks to all those cruises, we may never know. In spite of that, I say, Wakanda forever. Postscript, happy fourth to all that celebrates such. I celebrate and dedicate this podcast to he who rests in power, one Chadwick Aaron Bozeman, a.k.a. Black Panther. Ebony Contrarian, listening, learning, and wondering. The Black Panther lives, and I am out.